plans for my crazy day. My packed commute. All those unread emails in my inbox. But I'm getting stronger, faster, and pushing myself further every day. I don't care if I'm not like everyone else. This punching bag is the best way to end my day. <laughs> Whew. Fearless is knowing yoga isn't your style. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits at fepblue.org slash get more. You are Locked On Jaguars, your daily Jacksonville Jaguars podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Locked On Nation, this is Brad Bear Motter with Locked On Rams. I'm joined with Zach Goodall of Locked On Jaguars, and we're going to talk a little bit uh, week six matchup right now. Uh, Zach, man, you know, right off the bat, people looking at the schedule at the beginning of the year probably looked at this game and just were like, boring, <laughs> who wants to watch this matchup? But all of a sudden, we've got a 3-2 and two team versus a 3-2 and two team, and uh, both both programs are outplaying what everyone expected. And this has turned into quite an interesting matchup around the country kind of coming into this ball game. Mm-hmm. How are your thoughts going into this game? Uh, confidence level probably really high coming off that Pittsburgh win on the road. And you're back home now. Well, I mean, if you were to tell me by week six that both the Los Angeles Rams and the Jacksonville Jaguars would be first place in their division. I'd laugh at you for a while and probably walk away if this is back in the preseason. And here we are. I mean, both teams, like you said, sitting at three and two. Um, They're both at the top of their divisions. Jared Goff has looked like the real deal, which I personally really didn't believe in heading into this year after seeing last year, just some of the stuff that he was doing, even as a rookie just seemed very frightening but suddenly, I mean, Sean McVay, he's a he's a miracle man. I almost like I I'm, I'm satisfied so far with Doug Marone as the Jaguars' new head coach. But there's a part of me that also says, why did they not just you know throw all the money at Sean McVay because he's clearly an offensive genius. So right, we all uh, you guys definitely have a great coach, and now suddenly Goff looks like that future guy, and. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm pretty hyped for the Jaguars and how they're doing. They obviously have their issue at quarterback. It's glaring that he's um, he's. I honestly believe he's held the ta- team back from being five and zero. I think with even just average quarterback play, this team is undefeated right now. But at the same time, I would never. I would expect us to be at like one and four at this point. So three and two, I'm really happy about. <laughs> No, and I'm glad you mentioned that because your quarterback play has been, uh, you know, sketchy at best. Uh, Blake Bortles right now, you know, has seven touchdowns, four picks, but you know that 55% completion rating that is kind of is the standout of one of his stats. Mm-hmm. And really, one of the things that caught my eye coming into this week was uh, last week in the second half. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you guys only attempted two passes in the second half versus the Steelers. Obviously, had a lead and wanted to, you know, work the run game, which has worked out really well for you. Mm-hmm. But what happens if somehow our Rams, who have struggled? at times against the run. If we can shut down Fournette, what happens if you have to lean on Blake Bortles and and look to him to get the win? If the Jags have to lean on Blake Bortles any point, let's call it after the first quarter, if they can already tell that they have to start like going to the pass and abandoning the run, the game's over and Los Angeles has it. (laughs) Uh, I mean, actually, I'm pretty sure they only ran 
No, I think they only threw one pass in the second half last week. Wow. And that was very much on par with what Maroon said in the offseason, where he said essentially he wants Blake throwing the ball zero times a game. Like, that was a literal quote. <laughs> um, he, he was that dedicated to the run. And if the Jag, if the Rams are able to stop the Jags early and stop uh, Leonard Fournette, the NFL's second-leading rusher as a rookie, everyone knows, um, they're in trouble, even with how good their defense has been, because... With Blake on the field, I mean, I love Blake. I'm personally a UCF guy where he went to school, but at the uh, same time, there it is. yeah, so there's bias. I'm always going to love him a little <laughs> bit, but at the same time, just being realistic with it, it's going to be three and out after three and out in the Jaguars defense, which is historically on pace to have like a legendary season for a defense. We'll just get tired. It's exactly, that's the reason why they lost to Tennessee and New York. Both games were close to start out, and then the other team started pulling away because they were able to stop the run and make the Jaguars have to rely on Bortles. Defense gets tired, and Bortles can't produce, and it's easy. Yeah, and the Rams know that story pretty well. Last year, our defense was highly touted and expected to do great things, but they were just on the field too much, and you, you tend to start getting wearing out, and when you can't win that time of possession battle or get a couple first downs at least, mm-hmm. uh, and you put that pressure back in your defense, they start to really empty their tank early. And you mentioned Leonard Fournette, so I want to jump into it really quick. But uh, second-leading rusher, uh, as you mentioned, five touchdowns, 466 yards on 109 carries. Um, he seemed to really take on this role as put the team on my back. And as you mentioned, with the spotty quarterback play, it's not a shock to just you and the, and the team. Everyone around the league knows that. So they're stacking the box against him, but he's still finding success, even calling out defensive backs. I, <laughs> I had a good laugh when I saw that saying, come on and hit me. This guy is something else. And he's a rookie. Uh, is he over exceeded expectations or, you know, where, where, where do you guys sit as far as Leonard Fournette and, and what he's been to the team so far? I think he's over-exceeded mine, and not from a talent perspective, because I know the talent's there, but the Jaguars have a miserable, miserable run-blocking offensive line last year. I think they ranked like 27th in adjusted line yards, and I don't know all the metrics and stuff to it and all the definitions, but uh, Football Outsiders does a lot of great stuff with offensive lines and all of the stats they could put together to determine responsibility for the offensive line versus running backs, quarterbacks, stuff like that. The Jags' run blocking was miserable. And it still hasn't been that great this year. It's been improved, but still not that great. And I did not think that Fournette would have a very strong start to the season with a shaky, at the absolute best, run blocking offensive line. And currently he's producing at you know an all-star level. He's on pace for nearly 1,500 yards and 16 touchdowns. So he's definitely surpassed my expectations i know a lot of people that didn't look into like you know the play of the offensive line just expecting you know we drafted a running back fourth overall he better have 1500 yards (laughs) he's right on par with what they want he's definitely been impressive to me yeah i totally agree with you i mean he was one of those guys i circled on fantasy and i was like you know what i want to get him but i didn't want to reach for him and most people that took him you know kind of reach for him in, in what I thought, but at, now you look at it and you're like, well, that was a good pick. Mm-hmm. You got a guy that's, you know, producing some good points. I actually, in one of my leagues, put out a trade for him. I, I don't think he's going to fly, but I, I thought I'd go for it. Right. Um, so you, you mentioned some of those stats and all that great stuff. I, I know you've talked about this on your podcast as well, but we've got the pro football focus. 
Uh, guys, if you're listening right now, go leave a review on, on Locked On Jaguars or Locked On Rams. Put your Twitter handle, and you're going to be entered to win a Pro Football Focus Ed subscription. I was just looking before we jumped on this call on Pro Football Focus, and I was just kind of doing some last-minute research on the Jaguars. And it was like on your defensive side of the ball, they're on almost every single category. I mean, we all know about Calais Campbell and, you know, what he's done so far, eight sacks. He's, you know, near the top, I think, second with 29 quarterback pressures. Um, but there's a few guys on your team that aren't getting the huge recognition nationally. And Telvin Smith, obviously uh, Jalen Ramsey with being a big pick a couple years ago um, is getting some love. But tell me about that defense. Obviously, we know about those key guys, but mm. what's, what's so special? Because apparently, you know, another thing that he says, they're giving up a lot of rushing yards. But mm-hmm. when it comes down to it, they're getting sacks and turnovers and they're really... You know, I don't want to say that bend but don't break, but, man, they've really, really done a bunch of awesome things so far. Well, that's what do you got thing. on that? That's the thing. Honestly, and everyone knows who Telvin Smith is at this point because for the past couple of years he's been one of the better weak side linebackers in the league. He's been, like, the second worst player on their defense the entire year. <laughs> and And that's not necessarily a bad thing. I think – I don't think he's having a season up to par with what he had last year. Um, he's had a little bit of struggles against the run. He and Avery Jones have both struggled against the run. I think that's been the Jaguars' issue with the run defense because they um, – I, I forget exactly where they rank in terms of rushing yards allowed. Oh, it's uh, they actually rank 31st in rushing yards allowed. Yeah. But, um, but the thing is, there have been plays – it was, um, I think, against Baltimore and then two against the Jets where these were big 60-plus yard, like, chunk – like, big running plays. And if you subtract those where it's like a simple, you know, one guy forgot to fill his gap, suddenly the Jaguars are, I mean, probably middle of the pack in rush defense. So I think it's starting to become overblown about their whole, like, oh, the run defense sucks. I know I saw Kurt Warner uh, saying something about that. He said, like, oh, they're, the turnovers they're creating stuff isn't telling the whole story. But I think it really is. This defense is something special. I really don't know how it all came together in the matter of one offseason season. We saw flashes from Ramsey, uh, Malik Jackson, and Yannick Ngakwe last year. But these guys, especially that secondary, all seem to have really come together as this one really, really strong unit. And when you're watching the games, too, it's not just them playing well. They're having a lot of fun as a team all put together. You can see after every play, there's like a choreographed, you know, kind of celebration in the secondary, all the guys huddling all of them on the sidelines. You can tell that this is more than, like, a serious game. They are having a lot of fun out there with each other, and I think that's what the more overlooked aspects of it, but there's so much chemistry there already. And three of the starters are actually just their free agents from this year. So it's not like there's a bunch of chemistry between everyone here yet. They're still building that, and they're already becoming seemingly one of the most you know, in sync defenses in the NFL and their production showing that too. Definitely. I couldn't agree with you more because, you know, watching them, I actually, you know, as we talk a little bit of fantasy here earlier, but I picked them up and it was the one game that they got blown out on mm. the defense side of the ball. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I knew I was wrong about this. Jackson <laughs> Dropped them. They've been amazing ever since someone else picked them up. And I was like, oh, I should have just kept with them. Right. Yeah. Um, but you guys have been doing amazing things. You did mention 31st against the run. We have a newly found offensive line here uh, with Andrew Whitworth, the big pickup for us, who's only allowed one quarterback pressure 
uh, so far this year. I think it's going to be huge for us, for our offensive line to have a big game. And if, if we're going against a defensive line, a defense that gives up the rush yards, we've got to go to Gurley um, early and often. I mean, that was the one knock on our game coming into this. Uh, is that he only had, I think, 14 carries or something crazy like that when we really want him to be around that 25 yeah. to, you know, 28 carry mark. So I think that's going to be a big part for us is working that run game, not only at the beginning, but near the, you know, throughout the whole game. Yeah. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see how Goff does against an elite defense as far as getting pressured and that secondary. I mean, you mentioned it. They're out there having a bunch of fun. Jalen Ramsey. Uh, is you know ranked third highest overall in cornerbacks as far as pro football focus with a 91 grade right now. So uh, we got to be careful with the ball. And you guys are coming off a game forcing five turnovers. We're coming off a game giving up five turnovers. You mm-hmm. look at that right there, and it makes people out here in LA a little nervous about what we're getting right. into. This is only your second true home game in front of yeah, the crowd. Is exactly. that right? Yeah. Yeah. We um. And in the first game, they got stomped in the second half by the Titans. Uh, then, yeah, the other home game being against Baltimore was in London, so not a true home game, but there was a little bit of a home field advantage there, being I think right. fifth time that they yeah fifth time they played in London. Exactly, and mm-hmm. we're uh, we're kind of hoping that that trend continues. That you know we're two and zero on the road. You're zero and one at true home yeah so exactly. it will be interesting to see if you guys coming off of a big win coming back home uh how the crowd how's the crowd been out there out here in la we're getting a lot of grief um the coliseum is where usc plays and you know it, it doesn't seem to feel like rams home even though they did, they've done a good job kind of with signage in the mm-hmm. field and really trying to make it feel like home but it seats 90 plus thousand people so if 70 show up it can still look empty yeah, um, how exactly. do you think the, the crowd's going to be on Sunday for this game, knowing that, one, the Jacksonville Jaguars haven't had the greatest team in years, but the way that this team is playing now and being only their second home game, are you, are you guys expecting a big crowd? Or, I mean, how, how's that out hmm. there in Jacksonville? I, I think it depends. Uh, after the Houston game, there was a really solid crowd, but at the same time, when everything started happening with Tennessee, fans were leaving at halftime. So they're still right. they're still cautious. They're still... Like, a lot of them are buying in on the te- the defense being good, but they're still cautious about, like, okay, this is a week. Like, we don't know what's going to happen on a week-to-week basis. Are they going to get stomped, or are they going to stomp? And uh, I don't really know your feelings on everything that's been going on across the NFL with, like, the protests and stuff. Uh, right. But Jacksonville being a big military city as well, people making threats all over Twitter that they won't ever be attending a game again. Uh, I personally uh, don't think I'm not going to hold those people accountable to what they're saying on Twitter. I think they're making these threats just, it's kind of a, you know, as them, I don't really even know how to phrase it. Just them trying to kind of look tough on what they stand for. I don't, I don't know exactly how to say it. And that Twitter war. Yeah. And I don't know how to say it. You're telling me that the fan base, you're telling me that the fan base isn't, you know, starting a, uh, uh, you know, isn't starting a whole rally to try to get Colin Kaepernick in as a new QB. (laughs) If big portals doesn't really fill out here. It's like 50, 50, like a lot (laughs) of the people that are looking into it in terms of, uh, how can we truly upgrade and doing all like the analytical stuff, reading into the stats and the, film stuff like that are the people that are saying i don't care if he goes to the bathroom and records himself during the national anthem and live streams it 
they want Callum <laughs> Kaepernick here because he's a clear upgrade over Bortles just statistically and all right. The and then there's the other half that says he knelt during the national anthem. You do as much as bring him in for an interview and we'll never come to a game. So it's a solid split. I'm curious, being that this is the first true home game, like you said, uh, it's since those uh, anthem protests when they were in London. I'm curious to see if people hold true to what they said on Twitter. I personally don't really believe it. I think we'll see some people actually not show up, but I think there are going to be some empty threats out there as well. It'll be interesting to pay attention to. Yeah, and while we're talking about it, I don't know too much about the Jags and what they've done through all of this, but I know for our Los Angeles Rams, we've stood um, throughout this. We do have Robert Quinn, who uh, holds his fist up, and Johnny Hecker puts his arm around him. So there's there's been some unity there, um, but I, the Rams in a whole will, you know, won't be kneeling. I don't yeah. know about your Jaguars, but yeah, I'm assuming, in like you said, in, in a very um, you know, pro-military state and area that they're going to probably, you know, stay true to that. I have a feeling they're going to be standing from here on out. However, um, with the mandates now coming from owners and the stuff that's gone just even in the past couple of days, I'm really curious to see how the rest of this season and the future of totally. the NFL in total is just going to pan out. Cause I have no idea what to expect at this point. It's like every day there's something else. <laughs> I totally agree with you. And, mm-hmm. you know, we'll, we'll take this and we'll run in a different direction. We do on here, you know, me and you, we're big fans of mybookie.ag. Um, if you guys haven't checked it out, go on there, enter the promo code locked on. You're going to get 100% of your deposit matched by them with the, that promo code. But what we like to do on, on uh, the Thursday edition of these is we like to talk a little my bookie and we like to kind of pick a couple games and go back and forth and and obviously we can start here with the rams jaguars games but guys check out that website if you don't know they also have an app that you can use you can do live in-game betting it's really cool stuff so if somehow you're you're feeling a comeback by the rams or the jaguars late in the game uh you want to throw some money down live game betting is a bunch of fun i'll tell you right now i've made some good money doing that during the game it's actually probably where i make most of my money is during the game um but check it out mybookie.ag but i want to start with the rams versus the jaguars and i'll let you lead this off but the rams are getting two and a half points on the road um what are your thoughts where which which way would you go uh on that one i'm not very good at betting in general i normally lose money uh i actually lost a bet with my (laughs) buddies last week or as badly as I wanted the Jags to beat Pittsburgh and they ended up doing it, I did not think there was any chance they would. And I bet, and I bet I've been growing my hair out for a while because I'm actually going to be in California next year for Coachella. And my buddy dared me to grow it out. But I nice. bet I literally was so confident the Jaguars would lose because Pittsburgh um, playing there and everything that I bet my friends that I would cut my hair if they won. My hair is all gone. <laughs> oh no! So I'm not, wow, um, I love it. Yeah. Owned up to the bed. I did. Shaved yeah, the head back. That's a fun one. So I'm not. I'm not as great and trustworthy with betting. Um, in terms, well, it of worked just, out for yeah. you last week. It worked out yeah. for you last week going against your team. So are you going? Are you telling me you're picking the Rams plus two and a half here? I think I'm going to, and I think, and I think um, I'm going over 42 as well. I think it is going to be a high scoring yep. game. Um, at the, I mean, I know the Jaguars obviously have such a great defense, but at the same time, like, I really like what the Rams have put together offensively. And if they can get Todd Gurley going and then suddenly they're able to make a switch and Goff is able to expose parts of the secondary because they're able to run so well, 
even if Jacksonville can bounce back and still win with that, I think that'll lead to a lot of high-scoring matching uh, production in the run game. Well, Zach, you took the words right out of my mouth, and I'm really hoping that we take advantage of the run mm-hmm. early in the game. And like I mentioned earlier, early and often, and we use Todd Gurley how we had in the past couple games where we found success getting in the end zone and putting up points and really relieving pressure from Jared Goff. Um, I'm expecting another big game from Todd Gurley getting back to what we expect during this year and then having those cornerbacks have to sync up and, and letting Jared catch that one or two down the field, hopefully Sammy Watkins so he doesn't have to go on Twitter and complain about it after <laughs> the game that no one passed him the ball. Um, so I got Rams plus two and a half on the road. I'll take that. The over-under with the Rams have been a struggle with me all year. I can never, I haven't picked it right once, I don't think. But 42 points. Um, I'm, I'll, you know, I'm going to say the under. I think your defense uh, will keep it a little bit tight. Our defense as well. Uh, is really going to focus on your run. And if Bortles can put up, you know, 20-something points, you know, power to him, and I'm excited for you guys moving forward because, like you mentioned, uh, he seems to be the weak part of the team. So I'll go under 42 points. Mm-hmm. Um, with that, we'll jump into the next game. we got the Eagles versus Panthers on Thursday night, a.k.a. if you're listening right now, tonight. Um, and it's a three-and-a-half points that the Eagles are getting uh, on the road versus Carolina. And I got to say, these Thursday night games have been way better than the past few years. Yeah. And I'll just jump right into it. I'll take the Eagles plus the points. I'm still not sure which cam we're going to get and how consistent he can be. If he turns out to be the cam that he's been the first or the last two games, then I'm totally wrong. If he is going up and down like I kind of expect him to do, I think the Eagles with Carson Wentz, who you mentioned earlier with Jared Goff being picked, and, and uh, he t- finally showing his true form and, you know, weren't sure about him last year. Us out here uh, at Rams podcasts with the other podcasts that I do, uh, we were big Wentz guys. So I- I'm kind of thinking that he's going to go on the road and really get a statement win. So I got Eagles plus three on the road. What are your thoughts? I'm the same way as you. I think this Eagles team is is not a team you want to mess with. I think we've seen a lot of talent uh, coming from them, and Wentz has shown that he's growing. I actually – I'm shocked because I didn't think either, obviously, I didn't think either Goff, neither Goff nor Wentz had a good year last year. I was concerned for their future, and both of them have really surprised me. I am a lot more Team Goff right now than I am Wentz. I think Goff has, shown, right. we'll so, Goff has shown so much improvement, especially, like I said, under McVay. It's been incredible. I've been more impressed by his growth than Wentz's. But even without um, Wentz, in my opinion, growing as much as Goff, I still think he's grown enough to where he can help lead this team, and there's so much talent there, too. I think um, I'm, I'm, too, I'm calling the Eagles here. All right. I dig it. I dig mm-hmm. it. I think uh, we're both onto something there. I guess we'll yeah. find out on Thursday. Also, I'm in a couple of different pools uh, through my work and other things, and I think a lot of people are going Carolina, so I'm trying to get that, you know, get that sneaky pick right there on the road. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll continue here with our last one. We always do three here on uh, Locked On. And I've got Green Bay traveling to Minnesota. Minnesota coming off that Monday night win against the Bears. A little bit of scare there for them. Um, they have Case Keenum, former L.A. Ram, uh, who struggled for us. But anyone outside of uh, having to be coached by Jeff Fisher seems to be doing pretty well this year. <laughs> um, so we've got the Green Bay Packers are the favorite. They're Minnesota is getting three points at home. I'll let you lead this one off. Who you got here in this game? Minnesota plus three at home versus Green Bay Packers. 
See, I think it's going to be a fun game because of um, Minnesota's defense, but at the same time, for the past year and let's call it three games to start this year, Bradford has looked so much better than I think he's ever looked in his career. I don't know what it was, but he suddenly, I think, turned into a top 15 quarterback that he was drafted to be at one point, uh, obviously with St. Louis, and now suddenly he has these massive injury concerns all of a sudden where people are already starting to question if his career is in jeopardy and it i i I think that's going to be a massive like shake up to this team going forward because they had a strong start to the year um i'm probably going to take green bay just because we've seen what aaron Rodgers is still able to do we saw it against the cowboys i i he's gonna he i think he's gonna go down as the best quarterback of all time right now i'm saying brady I think Rodgers is going to overtake that, obviously being a little younger. He's got a lot more time. And he's just still so impressive that even though this Minnesota Vikings defense is so good, I think he's going to overcome that. And I think we're going to see a little bit of some issues from this Vikings team going forward if they don't have a healthy and, like, you know, 100% Bradford out there. Yeah, no, I agree with you on a few of those points. I think – Aaron Rodgers definitely got his name in the hat as far as being one of the best that's done it uh, while well, the comebacks he's done. The one thing I think is going to hold him back is going to be the rings on his finger. So he better find a way near the end of his career to get I a agree. couple more rings to, to yeah. really staple um, you know, that career. But watching him last week, he can be down 10 with 10 minutes to go, and you still could you know, I'd jump on my bookie and play, place a bet on him because um, they are, they're tough to, to really close out Minnesota looked a little sketchy against the Bears last week. I will say I think at this point they almost need to just kind of let Bradford get really healthy and quit trying to get him out there on the field. Uh, Case Keenum's done done fine for them when he's been in there. I mean, I think he's had a couple games over 300 yards, and he came back against the Bears and, and you know basically managed that game and got him a win. So I just don't see it, though, like you. I, I think Green Bay is just kind of in a, their own zone right now. They, they're coming off that big win on the road. They're going another big game on the road, Minnesota playing on Monday night. Uh, you know, you can call it short rest if you want. Um, but I'm going to take Green Bay Packers. It's tough for me to go against Aaron Rodgers. So I got Green Bay Packers on the road uh, minus three. So that wraps up our my bookie, uh, you know, pick em section, guys, again, last time. Uh, go check out mybookie.ag. Use the promo code LOCKEDON. Get you a 100% match on your deposit. Uh, I love the site. It's easy to use. They've been around forever. You get paid within two days. I mean, I'm talking like I don't even have friends that pay my bets in two days. I'll <laughs> give Zach credit because he probably shaved his head within two days, but that doesn't happen very often. Mm-hmm. It was uh, um, it was Tuesday morning. Right when I got up, I went in. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you, man. Good for you. Well, mm-hmm. I got a couple more questions for you before you go, and feel free to throw some back if, if you want to know about the Rams here. But we've been kind of very proud of our special teams unit, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Out here, we had Greg Zerloin who missed his first field goal. I was actually up getting a glass of water because I thought it was just a guarantee, and I heard he missed it, and I was shocked. It was his first miss of the season. We've had an issue with Tavon Austin fumbling the ball on punt returns. We've booted him out of that role. We're looking to get the the rookie uh, Cooper Cup back there to probably return kicks this week. We're still not really entirely sure who's going to take that role on. Um, tell us about your special teams. Cause I have no clue about the Jaguar special teams. I assume every game that the Rams step in against that we have the, the basically the advantage in special teams. Cause Johnny Hecker, our punter is one of the best in the biz. 
and put, pinning people down inside mm-hmm. the 20. But, you know, is that something that I can chalk up and say, you know, we got the edge here? Or how have you guys performed on special teams so far this year? They've certainly been better on special teams, and they haven't had any big returns, anything like that by any means. But in terms of containing on punts and kicks, uh, they've been so much better than they used to be because during the Gus Bradley era, there was no discipline on special teams. It was kind of no one really cared for it that much. And then when they brought in Marone and Coughlin, a head coach in as EVP, they brought back Joe DiCamillis, who used to be here, and then he was in Denver for uh, the past couple of years as their special teams coordinator. And I was out at training camp, and that that dude yells the f word a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but but I mean, I mean he's a he's a strict coach, uh, but he is a good coach, and you could tell how much more disciplined this special teams unit is. And although like we've praised the Jaguars' defense as well as Leonard Fournette on how good. They've been, like you said, Calais Campbell and how great he's been, all that. I honestly, like, if someone were to tell me Brad Norman's the best player on the Jaguars, I wouldn't disagree. I think okay. he's he's been real. he's got a really good punter. Jason Myers has been a little bit better this year than years past, but I trust him more from 50 yards out than I do on extra points. It's it's weird. <laughs> I, sh- I, sh- I shouldn't, but it's weird. But in terms of playing situational football and pinning the Rams where um, Jacksonville wants to, I trust Nortman with my life. I think that's I think that's the Jaguars' best attribute on special teams is their punt coverage. Well, that's going to be a fun matchup to watch then because um, you know people underlook that you know part of the game, and when you got a punter, you know, like you said, that can put a team back inside the twenty and and really make it difficult, especially with the defense, you know, like your guys is that's playing so well right now. Mm-hmm. It's a huge benefit moving forward. Um, you know, I want to talk a little bit more about the star impact player, right? Right. Um, looking at our team, it's Aaron Donald walking into the building exactly. anytime. He's the guy you got to find. Even if he's not making the play, he's helping the guy next to him make he's the play. Somewhere. So I think for, I, I think for us, um, it's going to be our, you know, obviously Aaron Donald continuing to cause havoc on that run game and putting pressure on the quarterback, and then our offensive line. If you were to circle mm-hmm. two things for the, you know, Jacksonville Jaguars coming into this game of, of being high importance, you know, maybe who's that guy or who's that unit that you look to to say, if, if we're going to win, we're going to need them. Uh, Fournette and the run defense has got to step up. I'm confident that our pass coverage can um can make can give Goff some struggles uh but at the same time if Todd Gurley's able to run all over them then suddenly that's going to open it up for Goff to do well as well and then it'll just fall apart so stop Todd Gurley and know how to run the ball and we'll be good so the run game is going to be a huge part of this game which oh, is yeah. old school old school football five exactly. yards in a cloud of dust you know mm-hmm. i mean it's it's going to be fun to watch and mm-hmm. i'm assuming it's going to be a warm one out there in, in uh in jacksonville yeah. just like it is here in la so both those teams are used to the heat but uh let's see them you know get onto the ground and yeah. pound and see what happens Before yeah and that, and that, thing, oh, yeah that, that makes me uh ask where if there's one spot along this um, this front seven of the Rams' defense that the Jags should target when they're giving Leonard Fournette the ball, where is that spot? Because I know Donald you know, is capable of moving all over the um, defensive line if he needs to. But 
Yeah, Aaron Donald, Michael, Michael Brocker is up on that front line. We even have uh, Longacre who is coming in and leads our team in sacks. So that, that very front core has been super stable. The big thing is, is our linebacking core. If Leonard Fournette, if they can get him outside and maybe get a couple dump-offs to him or use your tight ends a little bit, it's been Mark Barron in coverage and Alec Ogletree in coverage that have been the big kind of headaches for the Rams defense right now. They've had moments. They've had big plays. Um, but overall, it seems to be the matchup that most teams are circling and saying, how can we get Alec Ogletree one-on-one in coverage and take advantage of that? So us Rams fans out here on Twitter have been you know, pretty hard on on that crew as far as making plays because it seems like they're just getting picked on at times. So Aaron Donald's creating havoc up the middle, but if he can't get there or or Brockers can't get there and they get to that second level, that's when we start to have that challenge. And, and they're a good group of guys there, but something needs to change. And, you know, I don't know if it's, we're getting a little bit blitz heavy, which, you know, I mentioned yesterday in our podcast um, that the Rams ranks probably middle of the pack. I think we were, um, actually, we're seventh in blitz percentage at 38%. Your Jacksonville Jaguars are number 27 at 22% of the time they're blitzing. You guys don't have to blitz. You're getting pressure and turnovers just doing what you guys do. So I think maybe that comes into play. But those guys in that linebacker core really need to step it up and shut down that run because we've been vulnerable at times against the run. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you give Fournette a little bit of space to work with. Um and you're able to, you know, keep Aaron Donald and Michael Brockers just a little bit away from him to find a gap and make a move. And he's probably running Baron and Ogletree right over. Because the thing I've been most impressed with was even if it's a two-yard carry, it was a zero-yard carry that Fournette fell two um, yards further um, away from the line of scrimmage to make a positive gain. That's how good he is. He's He will not ever go backwards he will always be falling forward the one thing i could do if i could pick up the phone right now and call leonard fournette i would say please do not wave your hand at mark Barron to bring it on because if you (laughs) watched any of that game last week he made jimmy graham look like a third grader running into a wall and just shut him down he is he looks like a cornerback but he hits like ray lewis so uh, if he's going to call anyone out, I hope it's not Mark Barron because that might end ugly for actually yeah. both players because they're both big monsters. But mm-hmm. uh, I can't wait to watch this matchup because as we started out this show, uh, looking at this you know game early in the year, a lot of people circled it and just said, can we just get this off the schedule? And mm-hmm. you know, we, this is not an important game. This is not going to be fun. And right now we've got one of the best defenses in the game, an offense that is you know has been flying high. As of recent, even though coming off a struggle against the Seahawks, I don't expect that to be who we are. Um, it's going to be a great matchup. I'm actually super excited for this game. Um, and with that said, I kind of want to get into kind of we talked about who we were going to bet on, but I want to hear kind of maybe, you know, quick prediction of a score and what you think kind of the game's going to look like. So I'll let you, you crack it off. Oh, man. Uh, well, like we said, I'm going to be sticking to calling the Rams because calling, um, you know, betting against the Jaguars is working for me. Um, I think it'll be a close scoring game. And like I said, I think it'll be not high scoring, but higher scoring than what this Jaguars offense should be capable of without a quarterback. Um, let's call it 27 to 23 Rams. 
Okay, 27 to 23 Rams. It makes me a little nervous because the Seahawks guys, um, they actually picked the Rams as well, and we lost that game. So I don't know what you guys are doing to us over there with all your, your magic and your voodoo, and you're, so you're just <laughs> trying to, like, say, oh, you know what, it, I'm going to pick your in, team. Check yeah. it on Jag's Twitter. This isn't – this is – my opinion is not in sync with the rest of Jag's Twitter. I would agree right <laughs> okay. now 95% of the Jags fans – don't care who Jared Goff is or Todd Gurley. They think they're winning by 10-plus. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to stick worried. with you because yeah. I've got to go back to my offense. I don't think we're going to have five turnovers. We basically doubled our turnovers in one game. I think we're going to get back to the, the Rams football that we played, which is taking care of the football and, you know, offensively working the run and pass together and moving the football down the field. Um, and I expect our defense to build off of their – you know, even though they lost, they had a great game against the Seahawks who have struggled on offense, but uh, they're running into a quarterback who is definitely easier to sack than Russell Wilson. And I'll tell you right now, we probably should have had four extra sacks if Russell Wilson wasn't Russell Wilson. Exactly. Um, if we can shut down the run, I think we'll be able to handle that offense. So I, I think your defense is still going to be tough. Um, I actually got this probably at 24 to 17 Rams. Um, this thing could go either way. I'm excited for this game, uh, but I think the Rams with their offense and both these coaches being, you know, new and, and adding an excitement to both these cities, uh, it's going to be a fun game to watch. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like you said, to start this off, like, I mean, people wrote this game off. I probably, if I was planning probably at the start of the season to just skip this game and go and do something else. And now I have a ticket. So <laughs> there you go. Well, yeah. I'm glad you're going to be there. I'll shoot you some tweets along the way, and mm -hmm. you got to let me know what's going on live at the game. Yeah, and for sure. uh, I appreciate you doing this, guys. Uh, you know, I'm glad we got a chance to give you guys this crossover of Locked On Rams and Locked On Jaguars. Again, one last time, make sure to go follow both of us. Tell your friends about it. Leave some reviews. Enter yourself to en enter Pro Football Focus giveaway. Just leave your Twitter review in the iTunes. Um, and Zach, best of luck, my friend. And, uh, you know, until next time. Yeah, we'll man. Uh, go Jaguars. And when the Jags aren't playing the Rams, go Rams and go golf. All right. I like it. I appreciate it, Zach. You have a good one. You too.